But when it comes to social media, it follows us everywhere with addictive little pings and algorithms that keep us constantly turning back to it, turning down sleep, turning down food, so we can keep up with the latest uh, what's going on in our community or uh, streaks or chains so we don't miss out. These dopamine hits are so addictive, it's like a digital fentanyl, and even the most plugged-in parent or attuned teen has a hard time shutting the door against these addictive features. Representative Fiona McFarlane yesterday on the House floor handling HB1, the social media ban for six under-16s, uh, limits on 16, 17s, and parameters to help keep them safe online, and then everybody else is going to have to verify that you're 18 and up to keep using your social media accounts as long as they fit certain characteristics, a long list of which is in the amended version of the bill, making it a little bit more clear exactly who they're targeting. And look, there are all kinds of aspects to this problem. Over 1 in 20 of our very own school districts back at home are crying for help. They've joined a national lawsuit against social media companies because of the increased cost of mental health that they have to carry in our school districts. Our law enforcement officers are asking us to help them because they see all of the threats the bullying, the crime that is happening on social media. And I will tell you, the uh, some of the clips I'm going to play here are, are pretty vivid, okay? Not, not too much to be played on the radio, but still just be aware. But the irony is that a parent, and I don't, I'm not judging you for this, but you've got a kid in the car, you don't want them to hear the stuff that we're going we're gonna to play. The question is, do you let them get on social media where they encounter the stuff that these people are only talking about your kids encountering on social? You understand? Like the where we draw the line in what situation is kind of a weird one. So um, just want you to be prepared for that. OK, this is Representative Bernie Jacques. Recent studies show that 70 percent of kids in the U.S. would accept a friend request regardless of who sent it. Wow. This is concerning because the same study showed that 82% of child sex crimes in the United States started on social media. It's unbelievable and yet completely believable. And this is, like I said, one of those clips It's going to be pretty hard to hear. I want to share you some highlights of some of the cases that my colleagues had to prosecute, some disgusting cases against children. Cases like against Jamal Simonson, who was 30 years old, met a 16-year-old on social media, Snapchat actually. He eventually met her at Clearwater High School, just across the street from Clearwater High School. Met her and a friend. They were still in their backpacks. Convinces them to get breakfast, they get an Airbnb, and it records them doing the most terrible sex acts. When he was eventually arrested and they got a warrant for his phone, they found countless, many other young girls. None of them were identifiable. They couldn't even find the identity of who these young girls were, only one. And none of those girls will get justice because we'll never know who they are. But there they were on video committing the worst of the worst type of sex acts. Have you seen Euphoria? You think that's an exaggeration? 30-year-old, he's not trafficking them. He's just using them. 15-year-old gets invited to a party with three men. They post the video online. Another girl who 
lifts her shirt up for a picture she sends to a guy she meets online, and once she does that, it's show me more or I'll show your classmates. Sextortion is all the time on social media, whether for money or for more bad behavior, whatever the case may be. If you are not convinced to vote yes on this bill because of the severe mental health impacts, surely you can vote yes to take one more tool out of the toolkit of these terrible, heinous individuals who would prey on our children through social media. And one of the things about this bill that has been refreshing to me as I've watched it go through all the committee stops and now get voted through on the floor of the House is how many Democrats have supported it. In fact, one of the key sponsors is a... She's a black, liberal, lesbian, civil rights Democrat. And she was one of the sponsors of the bill. Catherine Waldron, also a, uh, a Democrat, who said... 55% of children who have been trafficked accounted, encountered their predator online. And children should be allowed to be children. Why would that tool, why would you vote for that tool to stay in place? Now I'll get to Michelle Rayner because her comments were, I thought, devastating yesterday. Very important to hear. We'll get to that in just a second. Jake's got traffic on the fives. Okay, if you're on Mobile Highway this morning, going by Beulah Elementary, we do have a slowdown in both directions from the school zone there. Also, Highway 98 coming out of Navarre this morning, just before you hit the Gulf Breeze line, we do have an accident just after Edgewood Drive uh, between Edgewood and the Catholic Church there on your right. Uh, slowing things down just a little bit, but not too bad. And uh, looks like um, I-10 westbound uh, just after the Pine Forest exit. Uh, there are some trucks on the exit ramp for West Nine Mile. Uh, it's kind of slowing things down a little bit as you're trying to exit. Other than that, we're looking pretty good around town. If you're in Milton and Pace this morning on Highway 90, you're looking good. And Highway 29 south through Cantonment is clear. Palafox, Garden Street, uh, Burgess, Olive, we're all looking good there. 12th Avenue through to Palafox and W Street, we're looking good. Let us know if you see anything out there slowing you down. 437-1620. I'm Jake Walker with Traffic on the Fives. Thanks so much, Jake. Back to this conversation about HB1, the social media ban bill for kids. Michelle Rayner, who, is, again, she's a black, liberal, lesbian, civil rights attorney, raging Democrat. And she was one of the, one of the sponsors of this bill. And she said, I want to speak as a human being someone who was more than just a politician in this chamber about some social media comments that were made just last night about my deceased mother. All because I support this bill and I made a personal quip about her and an anecdote about her as I often do. And I'm going to read to you some of the tweets. Representative Rayner, your mother sucks. Representative Rayner, your mother was wrong. Representative Rayner, it's deplorable that you're speaking of your dead mother. Representative Rayner, your mother was stupid. And I had to respond, well, thank you for your input. My mother passed on May 18th, 2023. I am 42 years old, members, and comments like these were a gut punch to me, but I was able to navigate, right? I was able to pull it together. I have the skills to do it. I talk to my friends. But what I can't understand is why we want our babies, our 13-year-olds, our 15-year-olds, our 11-year-olds to be able to navigate this and have to deal with the same thing. And she says about, because that's a key thing is a 14 or a 15-year-old having to deal with that is very different from a 30 or a 40-year-old having the cognitive maturity, emotional maturity, social maturity to handle some of this stuff, right? 
And these are the same people she said who the previous week were sending them your awesome stories. And trying to handle and that happens all the time online with peers and non-peers. And how social media is actively got trying to get you to participate more and trying to get you to bring other people on, trying to get them on to participate more and stay on longer and hook you and addict you. That's how they make their money, right? Okay. We've talked about this many times. Now, this one, this is even harder to hear. Okay. But you need to think about this because the cases that come up of, well, my kids like social media or my kids made a business on social media or my kids found comfort on social media. This is the other side of that coin. Okay. And this is particularly this, this, this one, I really just want you, this is, this is about kids taking their own lives. Okay. Because of what they encounter on social media. And I'm going to tell you why the age restriction is important. In 2010, the roommate of an 18-year-old college student, Tyler Clementi, secretly live-streamed Mr. Clementi engaging in intimacy with another male in their dorm room and published it on Twitter. And Mr. Clementi took his life two days later. In 2013, 12 years old, Rebecca Sedgwick was extensively bullied and cyberbullied. And then she switched schools. And the cyberbullying continued. And guess what? A year later, she took her life. In 2017, 10 years old, Ashanti Davis was confronted by a girl who had been bullying her. And a fight ensued, and that fight was published on social media. And two weeks later, she took her life. In 2019, 16-year-old Channing Smith was outed after explicit text messages he exchanged with a classmate was posted on social media. A few hours later, he took his life. Members, how much more would you like to hear more? You can talk about the benefits, and they're real. You can talk about the usefulness, and it's real. But somewhere we have to make a decision about cost and benefit. I get the First Amendment concerns. Y'all know I'm a civil rights lawyer. I get it. But guess what, members? I want you to look at their parents and say that the First Amendment and that judicial scrutiny is more important than their child's life. I want you to look in their face and say, well, you know, because we don't really know, we don't really understand, we're just not going to act because your child's life is not that important. Members, I get it. I understand why people may feel a certain way. But guess what? The fight for our children, the fight to protect them on social media is a fight that I will take every day and twice on Sundays. I urge you to vote up on this bill. Thank you, Representative. So that vote was overwhelming. Clerk will lock the machine and announce the vote. 106 yeas, 13 nays, Mr. Speaker. Show the bill passes. 106 to 13. When do you ever get such a challenging, difficult, big, significant public policy issue in the state of Florida where you get that kind of Democrat buy-in and participation with what the Republicans are going to do? That's amazing. I mean, that's genuinely amazing. As they talked about in the press conference afterwards, you know, how often does Tyler Soroy and Paul Renner and Michelle uh, Rayner get to sit up on the same side of something and support? And never. It never happens. That's how obvious this is. That's how overwhelming this is. 
Then um, what about HB3? That's the other one. That's the porn ID bill. That's the one where you're going to have to show ID in order to get access to adult content and not just like click a box, yes, I'm 18, which any 10-year-old can do, right? How did that one turn out? What did I say yesterday? I said big win for HB1, possible unanimous vote for HB3. Have all members voted. The clerk will lock the machine and announce the vote. 119 yeas, zero nays, Mr. Speaker. Show the bill passes. Unanimous, because nobody wants to be the, we love porn for kids person. <laughs> Good. So uh, in the press conference afterwards, Paul Renner talked to us, the Speaker of the House, talked about, you know, the Senate's working on both of these. He expects good things out of that process. Then the if assuming the Senate passes and the House agrees to what the Senate ratifies, then you'll have the governor and then it'll be in place. And then they're expecting lawsuits, not surprisingly. But um, this is I've been talking about this a lot recently because I think this is the most important thing that the legislature is doing right now. In fact, I, I would say it this way. I would trade everything else the legislature is doing, lose every other bill that they're working on right now, if this could work and they could get this passed and it could even have half the impact. We hope it does. And here's why. This is my, you want to know why I favor this? This is my, here's why. How many of you, you're 35, you're 40, you're 50, how many of you have ever said something like the following? God, I'm glad we didn't have social media when I was a kid. And if you've ever said that, this is the opportunity to give your kids that world. And I will tell you, I've had a lot of people text me in this morning and say, my 19 and 20-year-olds totally agree with you. They wish they could have gotten a world in which they didn't have social media. They wish they could have been given that gift. And that's what the legislature here in Florida is trying to accomplish for your kids and my kids and, and your grandkids and my eventual grandkids. 725 News Radio 923. Jake's got traffic on the fives. I 10 westbound. Uh, just before you get to the nine mile road exit, we do have some tractor trailers pulled off on the exit ramp there. It's causing a little bit of a headache trying to get off of I 10 onto nine mile. Also, Highway 98, we still have a vehicle crash just after Edgewood Drive. And that is headed westbound towards Gulf Breeze coming out of Navarre. Uh, but not seeing any major slowdowns. Looks like uh, if you're on Highway 90 through Milton and Pace this morning, you're looking good. And Highway 29 south through Cantonment is flowing as well. If you see anything out there slowing you down, you can always call or text our traffic tip line, 437-1620. I'm Jake Walker with Traffic on the Fives. And just before we get to the break, I want to tell you, I got a couple of texts. And somebody says, we've also said that we're not. Gl- we're glad we're not raising kids in this environment. Somebody else says, Amen. And I got a text in just a minute ago you might want to hear from, uh, says, if we can't protect our children, then what else really matters? From former Okaloosa Sheriff Larry Ashley. Just text into the show. 725 on News Radio 92.3. I'm Andrew McKay. It's a new year, and that means new savings on your next Volkswagen from Pete Moore Imports. Remember 0% financing? Well, it's returned to Pete Moore Imports and is now available on all 2023 Volkswagen Tiguan and Taos crossover models. In addition to 0% financing, Pete Moore Imports is discounting those models like the 2023 Taos SE, now from $31,245, and the 2023 Tiguan SE R-Line, now from $34,791. Both discounted models offer 0% 
percent financing for 60 months. And with the new year comes the 2024 Atlas SE, now from 38,696, and the 2024 Atlas Cross Sport SE from 37,361. Start saving this month at Feedmore Imports. They're not at Car City, so you won't pay Car City prices. Feedmore Imports is on New Warrington Road, Pensacola. Special APR rate for qualifying credit through BCI. Sale price before tag, tax title, and associated dealer fees. Must take delivery by February 29, 2024. See dealer for details. Here's today's Strength for Life with your host, Pastor James C. Johnson. I want to remind you that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are God's creation and marvelous are his works. You bear the stamp known as the Imago Dei as you are made in the image of God. So there's no sense in worrying about how tall or short you are. There's no sense in comparing your looks to the looks of someone else. God made you just as you are. The Bible says he covered you in your mother's womb. He formed you in her belly. Psalm 139:17 says that you are in God's thoughts. I'm telling you, he loves you very much. The exact way he made you provides you unique opportunities to live for his glory. So praise him for his marvelous works. That was James C. Johnson. He serves as the pastor of North Stone Baptist Church in Pensacola, Florida. For more Strength for Life, please visit our website, strengthforlife.church. Hi, I'm Dr. Ben McMillan. And I'm a chiropractor and the owner of Neal Clinic Comprehensive Healthcare. Are you tired of covering up your pain with medications and ready to find the source of your problem and fix it? Then tune in to the Pensacola Expert Panel live Friday mornings at 9 a.m. And I'll discuss how chiropractic care can help you. And if you miss Friday's show, you can listen to the replay Saturdays or anytime through the podcast. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 a.m. 1620. Here's what's happening around Pensacola this week. The Milton Mardi Gras Parade is Saturday night, rolling at 5 o'clock from Milton High School. Catch the beads, then join in the after party with food trucks, kids' activities, live music, and more. See crewofairshippirates.com. The third annual Pensacola Pot de Gras event downtown on Garden Street is Sunday from 11 to 4, a day filled with lots of paws and family fun. Visit pensacola.com for more. Submit your events at newsradio923.com. Pensacola right now with Joe and Austin. It's like headline news for radio. Every day, 4 to 7 on News Radio 923. Informative, local, dependable. Sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes you don't. Oh man, I hate to have to say this, but it is true. Uh, it was not Sheriff Ashley who uh, <laughs> texted the show, it was somebody quoting. Sheriff Ashley, who texted into the show. It doesn't change the note of the idea, but uh, I apologize. I misunderstood the way they were saying it because a lot of times people tell us who they are when they text something in and thought, you know, seemed unlikely he'd be listening, but you never know. You never know. A lot of people listen to the show. So I apologize for uh, misrepresenting that he was the one doing the text. Still, the message is the same. 729, David Wayne's in the newsroom with our headlines. David? Tesla stock dropped 6% yesterday after the automaker missed fourth quarter revenue projections. Uh, Revenue from vehicles only rose 1% below analyst predictions. Tesla told its investors, though, that they're looking towards launching a new next-generation vehicle, but they haven't given any information on that, such as a name, price, or when it'll start production. A man accused of stalking Taylor Swift is in jail again, Andrew, just hours after appearing in court. Uh, Officials say 33-year-old David Crow went to Swift's townhouse 30 times in the last two months. 
He was in court yesterday. He didn't enter a plea, and after court, he went back to Taylor Swift's townhouse. Well, it could have been 50. Again. It doesn't have to be just 30. I mean, he's cutting down, you know. So. That's true. Absolutely. This could be more than once a day. All right. Hey, uh, Chief of Police Eric Randall shows up next. We'll talk to him. Fox News. I'm Chris Foster. Former President Trump on social media says from this moment forth, Nikki Haley donors are blacklisted by his campaign. She reports a million dollars in fundraising since Tuesday when she lost in New Hampshire and Trump spent much of his victory speech attacking her. He pitched a fit. He was he was insulting. He was doing what he does. But I know that's what he does when he's insecure. I know that's what he does when he is threatened and he should feel threatened. Haley in North Charleston, South Carolina. Donald Trump may testify today at the E. Jean Carroll defamation damages case in New York federal court. President Biden travels to Superior, Wisconsin today for a speech about the economy. He's going to continue to talk about investing in America, what he's doing to make make Americans' lives a little bit more easier, right? A little, giving them a little bit more breathing room, talk about binomics. White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre. Stock futures are flat ahead of the opening bell on Wall Street. America's listening to Fox News. Good morning, 731 at News Radio 92. Three at 68 degrees, mostly cloudy skies, a little bit rainy this morning as well. Uh, Escapia County deputies arrested a couple of people driving stolen vehicles on the west side yesterday. Those vehicles uh, were spotted by deputies on Fairfield Drive. Investigators say one of the stolen vehicles attempted to flee, ended up being pinned in around the lows there on Fairfield Drive. The other vehicle was found on Westover Street. Both drivers were arrested. Investigators have not released their names as of yet. Well, it doesn't look like the opioid crisis here in our area is getting a lot better. It was just last August when Attorney General Ashley Moody said the whole area stretching from Escambia to Walton County had the highest opioid death rate per capita in the state. It's okay to talk about heart disease. It's okay to talk about diabetes. It's okay to talk about cancer. But when we start talking about drugs, every ooh, ooh, that's gross, that's ucky. Well, that's one of the biggest problems we have uh, at, a, at a tremendously alarming rate here in this community. That is Escambia EMS Chief David Torcell. Over 10,500 calls for opioid overdoses were reported between 2021 and 2023. And Torcell's hoping the county's core program can be expanded. He says currently there's only four nurses and two EMTs staffing that program. A Pensacola woman is now in jail. She's accused of firing at least 12 gunshots into an apartment on Tuesday. We get more from News Radio's Joe Ford. Escambia deputies say it happened at the Jasmine Creek Apartments on East Nine Mile Road at around noon. 23-year-old Nikeria White is facing multiple charges, including attempted murder, domestic violence, and firing a deadly missile into a dwelling. Investigators say she showed up to the complex and walked up to the apartment of somebody she knew and started banging on the door. After not being able to get in, she allegedly fired gunshots into the apartment with damage reported to windows, a toilet, bathtub, and a bed. Two people that were inside, thankfully, were not injured. White was arrested a short time later at the CSL Plasma Center on North Davis Highway. Joe Ford, News Radio 92.3. Thank you very much, Joe. A pilot program aimed at helping domestic violence and human trafficking victims by offering them free doorbell cameras is expanding. It's called Project Protect. Survivors seek protection, and this will give them protection outside of a simple piece of paper, an injunction. It will give them a better assurance that there are eyes on their doors. Florida Attorney General Ashley Moody says there are thousands of injunctions 
being violated, and doorbell video can be used as evidence in the court system. Uh, This program now being expanded into South Florida. Miami-Dade State Attorney says last year alone her office received almost 8,000 reports of domestic violence offenses. Florida is going to continue to help Texas with their efforts to stop illegal immigration. Governor Ron DeSantis said yesterday he plans to keep assisting Texas with personnel and assets. The governor says if the Constitution really made states powerless to defend themselves against an an invasion, it wouldn't have been ratified in the first place. And Texas would have never joined the Union when it did. Uh, DeSantis also tweeted that Texas is upholding the law. And today, a somber day at uh, NASA sites. They're paying tribute to those who lost their lives, furthering the cause of space exploration. It's a, a day of remembrance ceremony happening at the Kennedy Space Center today. NASA commemorating the crews of Apollo 1 and Space Shuttle's Challenger and Columbia. 735 at News Radio. Let's get a look at our traffic on the fives with Jake. All right. If you're on Caroline Street in Milton this morning, we have some slow traffic starting at about the the La Hacienda restaurant, stretching all the way up to Ollie's. Um, Those are two places I know well in Milton. And uh, if you're on Highway 98 westbound through Navarre, uh, we do have that accident from earlier just after Edgewood Drive. And then as you get towards Tiger Point uh, westbound on Highway 98, it's going to be slow going there, getting up to the light at Garcon Point. And also uh, stretching up to the Live Oaks Preserve there, we also have some slow traffic. So getting from Navarre to the bridge this morning is just going to be a lot of stop and go and some slow traffic for you. Also, excuse me, Mobile Highway getting by Beulah Elementary School, uh, slow in both directions from the school zone there. If you see anything out there slowing you down, you can always call or text our traffic tip line. It's 437-1620. This report is brought to you by Frontier Motors, the only dealer that Dave Ramsey recommends in Pensacola, Frontier Motors on Beverly Parkway. I'm Jake Walker with Traffic on the Fives. Thank you very much, Jake. And now our Channel 3 weather forecast this morning. We are going to be seeing some wet conditions today. 80% chance of showers and thunderstorms, otherwise mostly cloudy skies, high near 70 degrees. Overnight tonight, temperatures dropping near 63. High chance of rain continues into tomorrow, scattered showers and thunderstorms, otherwise cloudy with a high near 70. Friday night, temperatures dropping near 62. Stay connected to the Channel 3 News First Morning Weather Team. Download the WEAR-TV weather app. This is Brooke Richardson from the First Morning Weather Center. Cloudy and damp this morning at 68 in Pensacola. 67 in Gulf Breeze and 68 in Milton. Your next news at 8 o'clock. Breaking news anytime it happens. I'm David Wayne, News Radio 92.3. I'm Nicole Murray with Your Money Now. David Ellison, Skydance Media, has made a preliminary offer to buy Sherry Redstone's stake in National Amusements, the parent company that controls Paramount Global. Experts say Ellison would merge Skydance and Paramount and look to divest the company's other assets. National Amusements currently controls 80% of Paramount Global's voting stock. And more on media. Comcast revenue rose 2.3% to just over $31 billion in the fourth quarter. Net income also increased nearly 8% to just over $3.2 billion. A huge catalyst in its success is the additional 3 million subscribers added to Peacock's streaming service, bringing the total number of members up to 31 million overall. This is the first time Peacock's revenue alone surpassed $1 billion or more in a single quarter. Futures are little changed. The Dow Industrials were down 99, the NASDAQ up 55, and the S&P 500 up 3. That's your money now. 
You love your car or truck, right? We love it too. This is Mike Ryan at Mike Ryan's Truck and Auto Accessories. For a cooler summer and protections from harmful UV rays, we'll tint the windows. For safety and security, we have alarms, backup cameras, and dash cams. And for the most beautiful vehicle on the block, our full detailing service will make it look brand new. We have so many custom accessories, it's impossible to list them all here. So come see us at Mike Ryan's Truck and Auto Accessories on Industrial Boulevard at W Street, just north of Marcus Point Baptist Church. Secret offers, guaranteed returns, over-the-top promises that you too can make fast money. These are all red flags that you should be wary of when looking at investment opportunities. Visit Florida's Office of Financial Regulation website 24-7 to learn what questions to ask before you invest. Remember, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Visit flofr.gov to learn more. This message is sponsored by the Florida Office of Financial Regulation, the Florida Association of Broadcasters, and this radio station. News Radio Pensacola. Your home for informative, local, and dependable news and talk. Start your mornings off with the award-winning Pensacola Morning News with Andrew McKay. Followed by the Pensacola Expert Panel with Jake. Then get informed and laugh from 11 till 2 with Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins. Followed by the Guy Benson Show. Your afternoon drive is anchored by Pensacola Right Now with Joe and Austin. Followed by Dave Ramsey. It's News Radio Pensacola. Heard on 92.3, 95.3, and AM 1620. Got a couple questions about the uh, public safety, the, the right of way ordinance. Uh, it, it goes into effect five days after, like like all ordinances do, uh, which will be Thursday, January 25th. Um, I know our obviously our PPD and officers are aware of this and will be um, uh, you know out enforcing it. We are going to do uh, as other communities have done with similar ordinances. We're going to do a grace period to just make sure that folks who don't understand the rule, you know, we're not uh, you know trying to play gotcha with anybody. Uh, that we were going to do a 30-day grace period, so um, so we might be writing warnings or be giving warnings out uh, for those 30 days for folks that may not have heard the news. Mayor D.C. Reeves talking during his press conference on Tuesday about the new public safety ordinance, what other people refer to as a panhandling ordinance. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit with Eric Randall. He is the chief of the Pensacola Police Department. Chief, welcome back to the Pensacola Morning News, sir. Hey, good morning, Andrew. Good morning, Pensacola. Good morning. Um, glad good to, to be here again. Yeah, good to have you. It's been a minute. It's good to have you back on. Um, so let's just talk first about that. This uh, public safety ordinance is that basically the plan? Is that we're going to do? Because that's today. You know, it's in effect today. So for the next thirty days, we're going to do warnings, and then after that, we can start uh, making arrests or writing citations if need be. Oh yeah, Andrew. Yeah, it's like with any new ordinance, um, things like that. We we like to do a um, thirty day, at least a thirty day grace period um, to to provide public education uh, on a new ordinance that's come come out because you know it's dangerous to use to be out in the public right away. I mean, there's so many crashes that we have, um, you know, vehicles, you know, crashing, and sometimes you know when that 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 motion and a crash may send a vehicle up into the median and onto the sidewalk. So it's dangerous for people to be um, sitting there in the public right away. Does this ordinance being passed give your officers a feeling of relief? Thank goodness, now we can do something um, more challenge. Kind of, what's been the department reaction to this ordinance? You know, this has been one of those things that um, 
you know, we, we deal with, we deal with all the time, you know, um, we, we've had accidents in the past where, you know, pedestrians been, been injured from things of that nature. So, you know, any new ordinance that, that helps us, you know, provide a better public uh, safety for the public is something that's, that's very, very, very rewarding. And, um, yes, I'm, I'm, the staff is, is excited about things that can help enhance public safety in the community, reduce accident, reduce crashes with injuries and things of that nature, because it's all about making sure, you know, the community stays safe in all aspects of it. The uh, city council also passed the red light camera ordinance. Uh, I know the mayor said that uh, we're waiting for some things to not happen in Tallahassee, and when that happens, we can go forward with installation. But uh, what is the plan right now with regards to the red light cameras at those select intersections and access ways? So um, we got we got the ordinance passed. We've got the um, the, the the service agreement that that's moving through the process. Um, what happens after that? There is. Um, a timeline for equipment installation with different, you know, um, uh, approvals for um, um, things that you know the contractor will need from from F dot and all that stuff, and in, in, in ready to in order to install the the equipment. So uh, we guesstimate uh, about a three to six month process if all the approvals and and, and things that go uh, the way they should be going because it's not the first time it's been done in in, a, in the community. But it's a new community, so um, there are a lot of different things that we have to look at at those those uh, those approaches that we had selected. Will it be progressive? Like, we'll get one intersection goes live, and then another intersection goes live as they gradually install the equipment, or will it be all at once on those approaches that are going to be part of the program? Well, the plan is to to to, to go all at once but it depends on you know how long installation and approvals will take you know if, if one intersection is moving um one approach you know group of approaches are moving a lot faster than another group of pro- approaches you know sometimes you can't you can't predict what kind of challenges you may have from environment and things of that nature so um you know we like to go all live at the same time but if there are factors that you know lengthen the other approaches then we'll we'll re- reevaluate that but there'll be proper signage and things of that nature that, that will be installed in our public another public information campaign. So they'll be probably well aware when the thing goes live. And the PPD officer's eyes will confirm every single citation before it goes out, right? Yes, sir. It has to be confirmed by a, um, a law enforcement officer. Yes, sir. And do you happen to know, I don't know, do you happen to know the amount of the tickets? I thought it was maybe in the $150 range, but I don't remember for sure. Do you happen to know offhand? Yes, sir. It's uh, currently it's a hundred hundred fifty eight dollar um, okay. citation. Okay. Very good. We're talking to uh, Chief of Police Eric Randall, Chief of the Pensacola Police Department. Chief, hang on for just a second. Let's get traffic on the fires with Jake. Just a moment. Okay. Um, this report is brought to you by Executive Landscaping. Woodbine Road, if you're on Woodbine Road this morning, uh, it's going to be a mess headed southbound. It's heavily backed up starting around Guernsey Road uh, all the way to the intersection of Highway 90 in Milton there. So uh, Woodbine Road, very, very slow going. I'm not sure if there's an accident there or not, but something's happening there. I-10 at Pine Forest headed west. Major slowdown from heavy traffic getting onto I-10, uh, and some trucks are pulled over on the exit ramp for West Nine Mile, the next exit down, so that's causing some headache.
right there. Very bad slowdown. And also Caroline Street in Milton. We have slow traffic starting at the uh, La Hacienda, stretching all the way up to the Ollies. Highway 98 westbound through Navarre. From Navarre all the way up to the bridge is going to be slow going, uh, stop and go. If, uh, if you see anything out there, let us know. 437-1620. Executive Landscaping. Call us today for all your commercial and premium landscaping needs. I'm Jake Walker with Traffic on the Fives. Thanks so much, Jake. Uh, back to Chief of Pensacola Police, Eric Randall. Chief, uh, one of the things I definitely wanted to talk with you about, I've been talking with all of our law enforcement officials, both sheriffs in both counties this week, is the report on the Uvalde shooting that came out last week. Uh, you know, it just looks like they could not have found more things to do wrong. And, of course, it's a horrible outcome for the students uh, and the teachers. And it's just a, it's a terrible thing all around. But, of course, your job is to learn from the mistakes of others. Uh, what have you learned from or what did you see in that report that caught your attention? You know, Andrew, um, this is a very, very detailed report. Um, I think it's like 160, 170 pages long. Um, it gives a lot of the things that they did wrong, a lot of recommendations, a lot of things that um, they need to improve on. You know, there are eight key areas that they 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 hit on. You know, incident timeline, taxing equipment, leadership, incident command, coordination, post-incident response and investigation, well, public communication. Um, that became very critical in in that particular uh, incident because you had uh, so many people speaking about the incident and um, there was a lot of uh, miscommunication, a lot of erroneous information had to go back and provide corrections. You know, one of the things from a public communication standpoint that RPIO Mike Wood has done and does every year is beginning of the year he sends out a media blast to kind of set the, the ground rules for um, should, you know, God forbid we experience a, a major incident, a critical incident in Pensacola, you know, here, these are the things that we are going to be able to do. These are the things that we're not going to do. Um, you're going to have to contact uh, this person. Information is going to be updated this particular way. We'll have a briefing here, here and there. You know, we'll set up joint information centers. But from a leadership and um, incident command standpoint, there's a lot, lot to, to take away from there. Um, you know, I as a chief and, and working with, you know, the sheriff and both both of the counties here, I uh, have full confidence that, you know, you want to see something like that here in Pensacola. Um, you know, our law enforcement are steadfast, are committed, and they're going to do what they need to do to, to ensure public safety and, and take care of the threat. Um, stop a bitch, an incident like that happen. But there's a lot of takeaways from here. And I encourage, you know, everyone in the community to take a, take a lead on this because we all have a responsibility when it comes to a critical incident because there are a number of services that come to play post-incident as well, because, um, you know, even though the incident has happened, you know, it can still be ongoing multiple operating periods, multiple days, weeks, months, because of the post, uh, post-investigative post and trauma things and, you know, family reunification and things of that nature that have to come into play. No, and I appreciate all those notes about the communication, because I thought that was a major takeaway from the report as well. And, uh, you know, I, I know Mike goes to all of these seminars and learns all of the, and learns from the good and bad practices that are out there and brings that back to the department. So I appreciate you uh, talking about that because that is such an important part of it. And also, um, I just, I don't know the answer. I'm kind of curious about this, but I am assuming that you and, you know, Escambia County Sheriff, Santa Rosa County Sheriff, Gulf Breeze, that if there were a major incident like this, basically everybody in both counties comes to the problem, just like at NES Pensacola. It's outside the city, but the city goes to help at least for traffic enforcement. I assume that's true. The one thing I'm not sure about, you tell me if I'm wrong, but the one thing I'm not sure about is I don't know how often PPD participates, specifically PPD participates in school shooter drills. I know Escambia does it fairly frequently. Is that something that PPD outside the SWAT team that the you know general officers do as well? 
Oh yeah, yeah. We um we done we done a training not too long ago. Um, I think last summer, um, with with the schools, where we incorporated school staff, um, incorporated the fire department. Um, we did something unique where we're working inside um the the what we call the warm zone where we're you know evacuating injured into the warm zone. You know, exposing you know different groups of people to the um you know active threat environment, what to expect, how police respond. So we, we do it in a number of different environments. Like I said, we did it at, did it in school, uh, very realistic training, utilized a volunteer, a lot of volunteers from the community to get them exposed to, you know, what law enforcement, they, you know, they play role players, but they were exposed to how law enforcement would respond as well. Uh, it was very, very um, good training, and we continue to, to put that on and work with our school districts and all our businesses around the community uh, as well. Very good. That's and that's that's kind of what I figured. I just wanted to be. I wanted people to hear it from you, you know, which I think is an important thing. Uh, last thing I wanted to ask you about, Chief, is uh, HB one and HB three just got passed in the House yesterday. They're expecting Senate cooperation and the governor to sign them, hopefully. But HB one is the social media ban for anybody under the age of sixteen, regulated media social media access for sixteen and seventeen, and then an age verification for everybody eighteen and up. And uh, HB three is the one that requires age verification eighteen and up to be able to access online pornography through an actual age verification, not just a, hey, are you 18? Click yes. Um, my question for you is, it's my perception that this is the kind of bill that basically law enforcement, especially prosecutors, would love and are in support of, uh, support of this. I just want to know from you, how much of your job, do you support those bills, and how much of your job would be easier if kids did not have access to social media? Andrew, I, I tell you, these are these are very very good bills from what I can what I can read on them. I tell you, you know, our kids spend so much time on on social media. I mean, you go anywhere and you just you just just stop. I challenge anyone just stop and look around the room and see, you know, how people are on their phones, kids because they're on their phones on social media. You know, there's so many things that that come on social media. So many dangers exposed to a lot of different things. Um, there's, there's there are many many cases uh, of kids being bullied on social media because. It's almost like people can be a completely different person on social media than they can be in real life. Yeah. So you got that environment that that creates a whole different society, and um and the dangers that come with that. And so um you know less screen time and, and more face to face time I, I my, is my philosophy where people can have that human interaction versus this this interaction on the phone and the dangers of social media. Um, and now you got, you know, artificial intelligence, you know, and things of that nature. So you never know who you're talking to and all the different algorithms that are, are, are tracking our, our children and, 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 and sending them down this dangerous road that could be detrimental to, to, to their life and things of that nature. Oh, yeah. No, the access to advertising, the, the algorithm abuse, the tracking of children, the use of their personal information. I mean, those are things I haven't even talked about in connection with this bill, but are also, as you said, you know, major issues. And I appreciate that comment about creating a totally different society that is itself problematic. Uh, Chief Eric Randall from Pensacola Police Department. Chief, thank you so much for the time this morning. Thanks for sharing your thoughts on so many of these important issues. I appreciate it. And as, as always, I appreciate what you do to help our, our community be safer. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you. Absolutely. 753 on News Radio 92.3. I'm Andrew McKay. This is Pastor Carl Gallups of the Hicker Hammock Baptist Church in Milton, Florida. Are you and your family looking for a church that when Sunday morning rolls around, you can say, oh, good, it's time to go to church? Well, let me invite you to consider worshiping with us at Hicker Hammock Baptist Church, where multiplied hundreds of people say these very words every Sunday. We are doctrinally sound, featuring the exaltation of Jesus Christ and the clear contextual preaching of the Bible. The Bible is made relevant and exciting 
You're convicted, challenged, encouraged, and uplifted at the same time. We have premier youth ministries, children's ministries, senior adult ministries, Bible studies, and missions outreach. We have a team of pastoral counselors offering guidance for your Christian and family life. You can find out everything you'd want to know about us on our huge and highly interactive website at hickoryhammockbaptist.org. Let me give you an open invitation to worship at Hickory Hammock Baptist Church this Sunday morning. And then the next Sunday, you'll say, oh good, it's time to go to church. I kid you not, regular members and even first-time guests say it every single Sunday. You know what you want to do in retirement, but do you know how to get there? Tune in to What Your Money Would Say with Andrew McNair of Swan Capital, Saturdays at 1, to get answers to your retirement planning questions. Plan today so you can do all the things you've dreamt about doing in retirement. Don't miss What Your Money Would Say with Andrew McNair, Saturdays at 1. Firm offers insurance services, advisory services offered through Swan Capital, LLC. Local experts share their expertise on the Pensacola Expert Panel. It's Pep Talk on News Radio 923. Informative, local, dependable. I'm sorry. It's just you're a really nice guy and we don't want to see you get hurt. I want to get hurt. I had not watched singles in mm, 20 years. <laughs> that is such a great movie. 755 on News Radio 92.3. And I knew I had seen it. I, I didn't know how many times I had seen the movie before, but I knew as I was watching it with my wife, and I'm quoting every line, not out loud because that's irritating, but in my, in my own head. And I'm thinking, <laughs> I've seen this movie a lot. Jake's got our traffic on the fives. Jake? Yeah, I, lo- I loved singles when I was a kid. <clears throat> oh, oh I- did I say singles? I meant say anything. Yeah, you did say You said uh, both. But you loved, okay. I right. loved singles, yeah. That, I didn't understand a lot of the, the subject matter, but I just liked the music. Um, all right, so looking at the map here. Why? Me... Is there good music in singles? There's a, a little bit. Okay. Right. I just catchy... want somebody to say, bless you when I sneeze. Right, Go on. exactly. Um, <laughs> Woodbine Road southbound is heavily backed up, starting at uh, Guernsey Road all the way up to the intersection of Highway 90. Could be a new traffic pattern causing the slowdown there. Uh, also, I-10 eastbound at Nine Mile Road, seeing some very slow traffic there between Nine Mile and Pine Forest. And uh, Caroline Street in Milton, very slow traffic as well on Highway 90 westbound on the curve to Scenic. So uh, starting to see uh, really back up there. So uh, Caroline Street in Milton, uh, that looks like that's westbound. And then as you get down toward the curve on Scenic, we've got some really bad back up there. Also Highway 98 westbound through Tiger Point, as always. If you see anything out there slowing you down, let us know. 437-1620. I'm Jake Walker. Traffic on the fives. Thanks so much, Jake. Uh, David Wayne's in the newsroom with our headlines. David? Boeing CEO David Calhoun has been on Capitol Hill meeting with senators as concerns over safety in the air mount. He shared a message for passengers yesterday saying he's taken on these conversations in the spirit of transparency. We fly safe planes. We don't put airplanes in the air that we don't have 100 percent confidence in. And of course, Boeing has ordered a uh, quality stand down today at a factory in Washington. Uh, The move The first of many planned at their factories. Uh, The workers at that plant are getting together to work on quality issues. By the way, Boeing is, I'm I'm digging in my memory, and and I wouldn't even know where to go to find this, but my understanding was that the move was from, like, not, not NTSB, but there was some regulatory agency that, you know, does the checklist kind of items, but that it's Boeing employees 
who are actually the monitors over the quality control. And I think that's at other airline companies too, that they do their own internal checklist monitoring and then just send an affidavit off to the federal government and say, yep, we did all of that. Is that, that's how I understand I it to work. So, yeah, so, I believe that's how that works. Yeah. <clears throat> Go on, David. <laughs> Uh, The International Court of Justice will be announcing tomorrow what, if any, measures it will be ordering against Israel after South Africa accused it of genocide in Gaza. The U.N. High Court won't be making any decision about whether Israel is actually committing genocide, though. Uh, And Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton says he plans to continue moving forward with his lawsuit to prevent federal officials from cutting the state's razor wire barriers. Of course, those have been placed uh, in the border near Eagle Pass, Texas. All right, David, thanks so much for the update. 758 here on News Radio 92.3. Um, oh, <laughs> I, I don't think I have enough time to really get into all of the details here, but um, I do think it's interesting this kind of follow up on the Barbie phenomenon that, you know, the director, Greta Gerwig, and the main female lead, Margot Robbie, both did not get nods for Oscars and you've got Ryan Gosling has come out in um, criticism of this and then I saw a post from the Oklahoma Wildlife Management Division or whatever and uh, their their post was (laughs) you would not think they would typically weigh in on something like this but it was essentially um, hypothetically speaking if I was going to nominate a movie about badgers starring a badger directed by a badger called badger for best picture you'd nominate the badger though right (laughs) Uh, uh, that's pretty good social media use and um, also that does seem to be pretty much on target you're listening to news radio 92.3 WNRP Golf Breeze Milton Pensacola